0: Y'all been having a good time? Yeah, I've been having a great time. You know, to be honest with you guys, uh, people have been coming up to me and saying, Pastor, well, I've been getting so blessed by your messages, so blessed by this. But honestly, I've been getting so blessed. The Bible said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm learning that more and more that as I give, I am receiving. Amen. In fact, in First Corinthians nine twenty three, I think Apostle Paul says this. I, have, um, I do all this for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in his blessings. I think what he was saying was this. The secret of being blessed is being a blessing. I think when he says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in his blessings, he was saying, as I am a blessing, I'm realizing I'm the one that's being blessed. Come on, somebody. Right? That's why we are believers. We are to bless the Lord and bless people. Amen? All right. Let's turn to John 6. Let's turn to John 6 as we have our last session. Ooh, we got the AC on. Come on now. John 6. And we're just going to read a couple verses real quick. I'm going to skip around because John 6 is, I think, the longest chapter after Psalm 119, if I'm correct. One of those Psalms, that's like 100 verses. John 6. Let's read verse 1 and 2 real quick. I have the ESV, uh, extra spiritual version, so make sure you get one of those. Um, If you have the NIV, you need a new international version, All right. So, uh, verse 1 and verse 2, all the people, uh, anyways, 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 stay on task. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And everyone say, a large crowd. Come on, everybody say, a large crowd was following him because the signs that he was doing on the sick. And now let's look at verse 26. And Jesus answered... Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because of signs you saw, but because you ate your loaves and ate your fill. You ate your, because you ate your fill of the loaves. In verse 28, and they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who has sent, who he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do? That we may see and believe you. What do you perform? And they started talking about all the stuff that Moses did in the past. Let me tell you guys something about our God. You know, when you ask God why, you know what God says? Because. <laughs> I'm telling you, anytime you read the scriptures, you hear Job saying, Job, God saying, why, why, why? He says, because, right? Or you see Jesus ever ask a question or disciples ever ask him a question. He will respond back with the question. He does the strangest things, and you'll see a lot of times people will come to Jesus to receive things, and he, by questions, figures out the motive of their hearts. You see in this passage in chapter 6, verse 1, he says, there was a large crowd. Everyone say a large crowd. And he does miracles. The miracle was he feeds the 5,000 with loaves of bread. He feeds them miraculously, right? It's like crazy. Can you imagine that? Just all you can eat food all the time, every time you're with Jesus. He feeds them. They feel good. And he's doing a miracle that's actually supposed to resemble the miracle of Moses in the wilderness. When food was multiplied, he was saying, I am greater than Moses. In fact, I am the bread. And Jesus starts saying, what more signs must I do? He said, give me another sign. Give me another sign. Have you guys ever done that with the Lord? Lord, if it's your will, would you please, please, please? And he does it. You're like, oh, shoot, if that's really your will, can you do this, this? He does it again. God, please, if that's your will. And you'll see in chapter 6, or you'll see all throughout the Gospels, people come to Jesus, and Jesus does a fascinating thing. You know what Jesus actually does in this specific chapter? He has 5,000 men that excludes the women and children. So some scholars say up to 14,000 followers. Can you imagine? Who said that Jesus didn't shout? He had to shout (laughs) to preach to thousands of people with the acoustics help of the mountains and the oceans, right? But he's a passionate preacher, he's an emotional preacher, he's a stirring preacher, but this is what he does in John 6. He preaches for people to leave. You know, as preachers, you know, when we do an altar call, even as I'm doing here, right? We do altar call and we say, you know, close your eyes. You know, makes sure anyone here lift up your hand. If that's who to lift up their hand. He says, anybody else? You know what I'm saying? You know, it might not be you, right? But Jesus, everyone lifted their hands. I want to follow. I want to follow. He says, are you sure? And they're like, I think I'm sure, right? Are you really sure? Oh my gosh, I don't know no more, right? He preaches to 5,000 hands go down and only 12 are left to stay with him. If I was his a social media uh, a PR person, I'd be like, Lord, kind of messing up right now, man. You're losing all these followers. You're losing all these likes on your Instagram, Lord Jesus. You're losing everybody, man. You're messing up our ministry, Lord. You know, in junior high, my kid came up to me and said, Pastor Will, why aren't you following me on Instagram? It's a big deal, yo. (laughs) Junior high, they're not, I've seen some junior high girls, like tear up because I'm not following them. I "I follow you, girl. I follow you. Don't (laughs) worry. I got you. I got you. And I forget. They come back, why aren't you following me, Pastor Will? You're following her. I'm like, I forgot, girl, right? And then one of my girls came up to me and said, Yo, Pastor Will, do you have Insta follow? I was like, What the fuck is that, man? I don't know, Insta follow, right? Some of you acting like you don't know. All right, all right. Anyways, right? I was like, What's Insta the follow? They say, If you download this app, it shows you who you're following that's not following you. Aww. I said, Oh. I said, And they were like, yeah, and it tells you who likes your stuff, who doesn't like your stuff. It tells you who's not following you, but you're following it. So you should get it. I said, I don't need no insta-follow. I'm secure. (laughs) I got a fiance. I got an anointing on my life. I got a purpose. And they leave. I'm like, insta-follow. Where you at? (laughs) And I see all these people who aren't following me. I'm like, oh, you are. You ain't following me, huh? Unfollow, right? (laughs) right? Oh, my gosh. Why am I doing that, right? You know? See, we're so driven by approval of man, but Jesus was driven by approval of God. He was not driven to please man, but to please God. And that's why he says, I do not do anything unless I see my father doing it. And Jesus, he sees all these people coming to him for the wrong motives. He feeds the 5,000. Some of these people left their families. Some of them manifested in the Holy Spirit, maybe. You know this true story, man. You know why they leave? In John 6, he starts preaching until they leave. He makes them so uncomfortable. He takes it further and further and further. In fact, you know when Jesus, someone says, Lord, I want to follow you. You know what he says? You know, a lot of us are like, yes, we got somebody. You know, in the pastor Aaron, this person wants to give their life to Christ. It feels good. And trust me, as a pastor, it does. But Jesus says, you want to follow me? And it's like, yes, Lord. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. I have nowhere to sleep. Are you sure? And he's like... Um, (laughs) the fingers (laughs) and he's like peace
1: someone's like Jesus
0: what must I do to follow you what must I do to inherit eternal life he said you heard what it said do not murder do not steal do not commit adultery I've done all that Lord can I follow you he says oh yeah sell everything you have he's like "Uh that's not what I heard in Sunday school I heard just come as you are he forgives me of all my sins. He says, no, yo, yeah, yeah, that's true too. And all of a sudden, he starts preaching to people. Leave. And you know what's crazy? Some of them were his most committed followers. Some of them are. The clo- you know what happened to me when I became a youth pastor? You know, I'm sharing my story with you guys, and you know, I wanted you guys to be encouraged too because I became a pastor when I was 18. And it's not that I'm great, but it's who lives in me is great. I can't hear you guys. I want you guys to be inspired and know it's not just about me receiving, but it's about every single person who bears the name of Christ that could do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of Jesus. I cannot hear you guys. I became a pastor when I was 18. Let me tell you how it happened. My spiritual father calls me and says, how old are you? I said, I'm 18. He said, oh, shoot, never mind. Bye-bye. Hangs up. (laughs) What the heck does that mean, right? He calls me back. He said, do you want to be a pastor? I said, Moksai, I'm like, you know, pastor. praying about it, you know, he's like, like, right now, I said no, not right now, what are you talking about I'm still in Chicago, I'm only here for the summer he calls me back no, 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 you messed up young, so God wants to use you young, <laughs> you are supposed to be a pastor now <laughs> yo, I was 18, I, I remember as a youth pastor, like when I was 22 one of my chief son names, one of my deacons came up to me and said, Pastor Will, I think you're growing in height, I was like, whoa, thank you right <laughs> That's that's how young I was, right? I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was called because what happened was this. I went to that church. I was 18 years old. I was freaking out, man. I was so scared. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I just knew that I love God. I just knew I wanted to share the Jesus that I have. And I went to that group and I started preaching. No, first Friday I went there three kids. You know how awkward that was? Out of the three, two were girls. One was a guy. And I was going to preach. We just sat down and did a Bible study. The whole time they looked at me like, that was so fresh. Like, just, just anointed. You know, there's like, I'm just uh, like, can't stop me at the, I'm like, I'm not as crazy as I used to be, but I was just like, you know what the Bible said? I'm preaching like there's 10,000 people in the room. It's three. <laughs> and you know, like some ministers, they like, you know, the, the Holy Spirit's not there. You know, but you know, Charles, uh, I think it was uh, Smith Wigglesworth said this. If God is not moving, I'll move him. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> A little blasphemous, but anyways, that was how I was. I was like, God, you gotta move, you gotta move, you gotta move. I remember during prayer time, I was like, Let's start praying. I was just, oh, and they're just like, oh, and they, they never experienced the Holy Spirit. They never experienced any of that. And then all of a sudden, in the following two weeks, we had a service. He came. He just, he just came. I didn't know. I I didn't know what I was doing. He walks in the room and I'm preaching, I'm shouting, but I don't even know what I'm saying. It just sounds like, Jesus. And all of a sudden, I do an altar call. I remember I did an altar call for the of the Holy Spirit to receive the gift of tongues. And like eight kids come up and every single one, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, man. And since the kids started shaking, one girl, one girl, her name is Sarah Shin. She falls on the ground. She falls on the ground. Her, her fingers go numb. Like, 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 uh, like this. And I was like, man, is this of the Lord? <laughs> Satan or what's going on? And she's just like, oh, oh, right? Uh, and there's another girl named Chisu. Uh, she was, she's at Harvard now. Smart girl, right? This, she was a junior at that year. Chisu falls to the ground, and I could tell there's a demonic spirit, and she started manifesting. Afterwards, she started speaking in a new language, in a new tongue the book of Acts talks about, second first Corinthians twelve talks about. She started speaking in tongues, but all of a sudden it's like it's mixed in her like demonic stuff, so she can't stop. She can't stop. She stops. She can't breathe. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, oh, shoot. What's going on? Lord, you need to help me. So I pick her up. She was distracting the service. She was freaking out, right? So I pick her up. And this was during lunchtime for the KM, right? And my church is so small, 30 KM members, right? I opened the door to the our room, but that was the door to the kitchen. I opened it, and all the par- <laughs> And I'm just holding her in my arms. And she's bugging out like... 18, 18, 18, yo 18, this is what I do I don't know what to do, so right there I just went like this I don't know what's going on, I'm excited and then uh, my senior pastor, Pastor John comes and says, he's very charismatic she has a demonic spirit I'm like, uh, that's what I thought that's what I thought it's not the gift of Thomas, right but here's another thing there's another kid named Eric Another kid named Eric. And here's the crazy part. It's a young boy. He was in eighth grade. No, he was in seventh grade, going to eighth grade. He receives the Holy Spirit, and he falls on the ground. All of a sudden, when he falls on the ground, he, he starts bugging. The, the kids are so on fire, I remember this. I had to use the bathroom, and they were just going. It's like two hours about, Two hours went by, and I just keep going. Oh, that guy was the bathroom. It was one of these mics. So I was like, forget this. I just walked out. Into the bathroom with the mic. Just keep on praying. The Lord is here. And I'm taking a place like, Father God, dude, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, right? I, I, I walk back in. They're all still going buck wild. Didn't even flinch. Didn't even know I was gone. Little kids, man. Little, little kids. Going crazy. And all of a sudden, I lay my hands on Eric. And Eric falls on the ground. And this is true, true story. True story. The Lord's my witness. He shakes and passes out. Yeah, and by the way, this isn't that normal? It's only happened a couple times that actually that strong, like two to three more times in my ministry. And I'm just saying, Lord, why not tonight? Right, but anyways, right? But he falls in the crowd. He falls in the crowd, and he's saying, "Shake, shake, shake!" And, and this way he does. And I, and I was I was kind of scared, so I said, "What's going on?" So I kind of nudged him. Stop playing, boy. Stop playing, dog. That's what you doing, boy. Come on, man. You're getting fired my second week, man. And I just got, I got too preoccupied. The Lord was moving, and God was going. So I just left. And like 30 minutes later, he wakes up. And right when he wakes up, he goes like, <gasps> I said, what's going on? He said, I went to heaven. I said, okay, explain what, what you saw. He said, I just saw a bright light. It was a, it was a form of a man. And he hugged me, and I felt love. And then he just, I couldn't stop crying. And this kid was on fire. And then, three years goes by. He's not walking with the Lord anymore. He's not walking with the Lord. In fact, among those few, a couple of them are not walking with the Lord anymore. And you'll see all these people, they receive things from Christ. They get things from Jesus. They get bread from Jesus. And also in John 6, they're following, they're following, they left their homes. But once it gets tough, once it gets hard, once the struggles come your way, all of a sudden they're saying, my towel is in and I'm out of here. And Jesus begins to preach to them who were coming because he was feeding them. He says, look, man, you are satisfied because of the loaves that you have eaten. But I tell you the truth, I am the bread. You know what he's saying? I did not come to give bread. I came to be bread. I did not come to give water. I came to be the water. And when he looks at the Samaritan woman, he says, I am the living water. And whoever drinks of me will never thirst again. So many people come to Christ for these wrong motives. So many people come to Christ to receive these things that are selfish. And God will continue in His grace, in His love. Let you follow. He let Judas follow up to the Mount of Gethsemane. He will let anybody follow. He let doubting Thomas follow. He let murdering, ear-cutting Peter follow. He lets anyone follow. But so many leave when it gets tough. And in John 6, you'll see. He's preaching. He's going. He says, you must eat my flesh. You must drink my blood. And this is what the Bible says. Lord, this is a hard saying. Who can follow it? Who can understand it? Meaning who can follow it? And all of a sudden, can you guys imagine this? As a preacher is preaching, people start leaving. I heard a story even about your guys' spiritual father through my friend Mickey. Uh, I mean, a uh, Pastor Christian spiritual father, Pastor Benjamin. I heard he was, I forget where in Africa, but he was preaching to like 20,000 people. And he said they just knew by the, by the weather that it was going to rain. He said like 10 minutes into his sermon, literally thousands of people started leaving. And you know, Pastor Benjamin is a man of God. You know, when he preaches, like the walls started shaking. You know what I'm saying? When he started singing, ah! it's like oh my gosh. Really? He said thousands started leaving. And Mickey told me it was the most discouraging thing for the whole team. Because Pastor Benjamin just kept on going. They're just like, oh my gosh. But Jesus did it on purpose. So that the, have you ever met someone that you know they smile upon your face, but you know behind your back they're talking trash? You're like, girl, get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? I don't act like you know me. You know, you're... He's gone when he's preaching. He makes it so hard. In fact, the Bible says narrow is the gate. Narrow is the door that leads to eternal life. But wide is a gate that leads to destruction. And he's looking for true followers, in fact, let me rephrase that not like Instagram, he's not looking for followers, he's looking for worshipers. he's not looking for likes he's looking for praise and worship and adoration and in John 6 he's weaving them out, weaving them out, because he knows if he lets them close in, they're going to stumble him to that cross why do you come to Christ? let me be real with you after that manifestation, crazy Holy Ghost Spirit broke out in my church it lasted for about a year, like on a weekly basis. I'm talking about like visitors would come and just pop, boom, done. Like, wow, just a boom. Non-believers come in and say, Father, I don't know. I just boom, 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 boom. We had a guy who came in homosexual. He visited on a Friday night. He was sleeping with a guy, a Hispanic kid, sleeping with a boyfriend. And that day he gave his life to Christ. And next day he says, I, want, I, don't, I don't want, I'm breaking up my boyfriend. Hispanic kid, and now he wants to be a missionary. You know the cardboard testimony? You guys, you guys know that one? We did that one. He just wrote right there. He had it right there. He's like, wanted to be a prostitute. Turn it around. Wanted to be a missionary. Hey, come on now, right? <laughs> so God is real. All those things were happening. And then out of nowhere, in the moment, in that place, when the manifestations would not happen, people start getting discouraged. In that place, when they were not getting no longer what they wanted, they started to get discouraged because they didn't know in the first place it wasn't the manifestations that we were looking for. It was Jesus that we were looking for. And the manifestations followed that with signs and wonder. The Bible says signs and wonders will follow you, not lead you. And you see, Jesus is preaching. The disciples are getting blessed. But let me tell you guys something about our faith. It's based on the rock of Jesus Christ. It's not based on Holy Ghost manifestations. Those do follow. Don't get me wrong. And we need to see those things to demonstrate his kingdom. But in the essence of our hearts is to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. It's to exalt his name above all names, above your name, my name, ministry names, above all names. And that is what he's looking for. And in John 6, there comes a man. He says, are you going to leave too? Can you imagine Jesus preaching, people are leaving, and he just looks to his friends, his 12. Yeah, I know it's going to be hard. Did you know, by the way, the disciples were in their teens? Most of them. Maybe Peter was in his 20s because he was the only one married in the Gospels, which means that he was probably in his early 20s because people got married in their late teens. That's how you know young people are crazy. Come on, we some young people, amen? We want to change a nation, get the young people, man. It's crazy what God could do through a college and a high school ministry. Now I'm in junior high, so I'm trying a new thing. And it's working, trust me, it's working. Just I'm just taking some time though. But he looks to his twelve. You gonna leave too? You know, every time Peter talks, you can safely assume he's about to say the stupidest thing he could say. <laughs> but every now and then. You know that kid that always raises his hand? He's always wrong. But, you know, he, one time he's right. Yes, right? Every time in class, you know, I know it, I know it, I know it. And at least once, right? But Peter gets it right in the most important times. He may get it wrong in all the other times, right? See, Lord, if everyone else on the Mayor staff denies you, I will not deny you. All by himself, right? And he's like, Really? You're going to deny me tonight, son. He's like, no. (laughs) He's always getting things wrong, but in John 6, verse 66 and 68, that's what he says. To whom shall I go to? You know what that means? I think people used to say, that sounds so poetic. I think he literally means that. I left everything. (laughs) 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 You know... When you first start following Christ, you start following Christ in the beginning, you go right back to your old life. Because they're still right there. They're still your neighbors. But when you leave the country, when you leave the community, you look, you're with him. It gets tough. And it gets tough. And you look back. You're like, I don't come way too far. <laughs> I left everything. <laughs> Who am I going to go to, Lord? To whom shall I go to? And then he confesses, when you speak, When you speak, you have the words of eternal life and we have come to believe that you are the Holy One of God. There's something about this guy that we could learn from among all those people who left him, among all those people who denied him, among even the disciples, you don't hear much about them after the gospel of John. You hear about Peter, James, and John in the book of Acts, but mostly Peter. And that shows us something about Peter that we can learn. Amen? Something about the first apostle that accomplished the church where Jesus says, upon your name, upon your confession, I would establish my church, and the gates of Hades would not prevail. Did you get that? It's a gate of Hades, which means we're breaking in. It's that they're on the defense. We're on the offense. Come on, somebody. So we got to learn something about Peter. And what you see in Peter is that he wanted the Lord. I want you guys to turn to Matthew 14. And in fact, you know, he wasn't educated. He didn't go to Yonsei. He didn't go to Koryo. He didn't go to Seoul. And there's one more, I forget. But he didn't go to that one either. (laughs) Is there one more in my trip? And I think there's four schools. Meanwhile, come on now. I love y'all. Trust me. I just didn't know. Anyways. He didn't go to any of those schools. He wasn't as educated as you are even halfly. He didn't know as much as you do. He didn't know any of these things, but he had this burning desire for the Lord. And we see a glimpse of his heart. We see a glimpse of his walk. And I want to just, uh, go to a familiar passage in Matthew 14, verse 22. This is, a very, this is actually a parallel passage from John 6. But Matthew is zooming in on a different emphasis. As he wants to reveal a different side about Christ as John was doing. In Matthew 14, Jesus again feeds the 5,000. After, after that, they try to make him king in John 6. And he has to withdraw himself because Jesus didn't come for a crown of gold, but a crown of thorns. And he had to remove himself before they exalted him before his time. And in Matthew 14, 22, this is what it says. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, verse 24. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves. For the wind was against them, the fourth watch of the night. He came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Let's stop right there for now. You know, I went to Panama. Uh, I've been to... I went to Guatemala. I heard a couple Guatemalans here. Make some noise. Weak. So good. My brother, right? The Pedro, right? Yeah. Pedro y Tom. <laughs> anyway, Thomas from Guatemala. I met him in 2009 when I went to go speak at his church. It's crazy because you know how a lot of times in Korea, you see all these Korean guys speaking English, right? And so for Korean Koreans, they're like, whoa, that's weird. You go to Guatemala, you see them speaking English, Korean, Spanish, all together. It's like, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> right? But you're you speaking a tongue, son. You know? No, that's Tom right there. He speaks Korean, English, Spanish, fluently. He translates for me in summers every now and then. In fact, I'm sorry, he's wearing my T-shirt for my church. Anyways, now look here, represent TKC. Anyways, right? But I went to Panama. I remember during a Panama mission trip, my spiritual father was preaching how we try to walk on water, right? Some, some crazy fools out there, right? He said he read Matthew 14 when he first got saved and said, "Everything in this belongs to me as my inheritance." Is everything in here is my right. Everything in here has my name on it because Christ purchased it for me. And when he read Matthew 14, he said he put on a suit to make sure it was really special. Put on a suit, put on a tie, got into a boat in Mexico. He said he prayed in tongues. Right? If you don't know what that is, um, you heard it in this room. Anyways, right here, uh, that's tongues. One time I had a non-Korean come to my church, and my church was all, you know, praying in tongues. He was like, Pastor Will, Korean is so amazing. It sounds so beautiful. I was like, yeah, dude, it does, huh? Bro? Oh, my gosh, right? But Pastor, uh, Pastor Paul said, he's speaking in tongues, uh, praying in the spirit, praying to the Lord and saying, God, I'm going to walk on water. I'm going to experience what Peter experienced, Lord. And after he prays for about an hour, he says he feels ready. He gets out the boat. He's by himself. All right? make sure, like, just between him and God. He gets out the boat with his suit and his Bible, and he just falls in. Straight up, just falls in. I was like, what the? Like, you know, most stories, like, they anticipate. And, like, and I walked on water. You're like, duh. He's like, I fell in and sank. <laughs> fell in and sank. and a story, right? And he says he got out the water and prayed again. Talk about stubbornness, right? Sometimes we pray for things we're not supposed to pray for. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, right? So he prayed again. He did it again the second time. And he fell on water again. And as he was sharing the story, I got inspired in a stupid way. And there's there's a prophetic and pathetic, right? You guys heard that, right? I'm sure you've heard that. But the first time I heard that was Pastor Benjamin. He's I'm about to be prophetic on you and pathetic on you, right? But anyways, um, so at my time in Panama, same same mission trip, when nobody was looking, we were divided. On two two of the te- the teams were divided by like a river and a stream, a very strong stream. We were divided because the rains got too heavy. And when nobody was looking, I just got there. I said, you know what, Lord? Just between me and you. you you don't need it so any I I would tell no one it was you through me you know I just whoa what's going on guys and I got a a branch I found on the ground I said Lord I I I know it's funny now but this is very sincere stop making fun of me come on man again I was 18 man and I remember I got on my knees and nobody was watching. People were screaming. It was dark at night in Panama and a place called Kukunati. I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I really want to see a miracles. I really want to see signs. If Moses split the Red Sea. I Yo, I used the word of God. You know what I'm saying? I have witness with the truth. I said, in the name of Jesus, Father, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I said, in the name of Jesus, Lord, split. Okay, you know? And you guys know, right? It broke into three pieces. And I was like, what the freak, man? And all of a sudden, it dawned on me right there that Peter didn't walk on water because he wanted to walk on water. Peter walked on water because he wanted to walk with Jesus. If you read this passage, he doesn't say, Lord, I want to walk on water. He says, Lord, if that's you, command me to come. See, there's something about Peter that is so noble. He might have not known much. He might have made many mistakes. He might have messed up. So I I told somebody, they said, Pastor, I keep messing up. I said, you fail your way into the kingdom. You mess up until you make it, fake it till you make it, right? But Peter would mess up over and over. But there was a desire within him that said, I want Jesus. I want my savior. I want my master. And that's why when things hit the fans, when everyone left, he stayed. Even though he denied him three times when he was restored, he stayed till he was crucified upside down. Y'all know that, right? Thereby and in the, the tradition says, he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my savior threw me upside down. Whew. And I bet you when he was being crucified, he didn't remember miracles. I bet you he remembered Christ washing his feet. I bet you remember Christ being such a servant king. I bet you remembered his love, his compassion. He said, Lord, I'm coming home. You know, I joke around and say, like, you know, when we get to heaven, we know we're going to have, like, spiritual armor, the armor of God in Ephesians 6. You know, some of you, you're going to get there and you're going to look mad shiny. You know, your armor is going to be glowing. You're going to be like, Lord, I made it. <laughs> your sword is going to be perfectly fine. Your helmet's going to be lashed down, like, and then. And then you're going to see Pastor Aaron. She'll be like, <sighs> Her armor is busted up, right? Her sword is crooked, son. It doesn't even work no more. And she'll be like, Oh, you made it? Good, you look good. And you'll be like, <sighs> I made it. And Pastor Chris, you're going to be next to her, like, I made it too, girl. Girl. girl, I hear sermons. He always says, girl. I, I, I made it too. But some of you, what a shame. What a shame when you get to heaven. Lord, I made it. And not one dip of demon blood is on your sword. Not one dent from the hardship of following Christ is dented into your armor. You know how hard it is being a Christian? Let's get real now. I became a Christian by the time I was 20 when the manifestation stopped. I questioned my calling. I went to church and said, God. I know you anointed me, but I'm not seeing what I want to see. Why is it so hard? And God said, now, why are you really doing it? Are you doing it for fruit? Or are you doing it for me? I said, Lord, I want to do it for you. And God said, just follow me then, son. I'll take you through the fire. And so many of us, when we start drowning, when we start getting hardship, we just give up. When we don't feel that manifestation, we try to fake it. You know what I'm saying? I remember my junior high kid came to me and said, Pastor Will, when I see people crying, I want to cry too. So I think about my mom dying. <laughs> I'm i No, 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 no. no, no. That, that's the flesh. Repeat, flesh, flesh, flesh. Now, spirit, is the Holy Spirit convicting you. But he's like, but... How am I supposed to be sad? I'm like, no, 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 no. The Bible says the joy, joy. There's tears of joy too. It's like, okay. Some of you too, you're not feeling the manifestations. You're just like, let me just, I want to, you know, you you do these things. You do those things, but it's about the Lord. And Peter stressed, if that's you, if that's my savior, if that's my Messiah, if that's my, my Lord, the King of Kings, command me. But here's the thing. The miracle is not even that he he walked on water. The miracle is they got out the boat. Did you know he wasn't the only disciple on the boat? Right? I bet you Peter. I bet you Andrew, James, and John were like, "Oh snap! What did he say?" You could do that. <laughs> you could what? You, Peter, what? <laughs> He's gonna rebuke him again. Don't worry. <laughs> He's going to say, why do you want to become great? You must become servant of all. Don't worry. And then all of a sudden, they're just chilling and say, stupid Peter. And he's like, peace. And they're like, come. And they're like, say what, Lord? What does a boat represent? It represents his identity. It represents who he is in his life, in his lifestyle, and who he is as a fisherman. It represents his identity. It represents his security, because financially, it's through fishing, he gets money. It's through fishing, he gets comfort. It's through fishing, he has all the security that he needs and money. It represents community, because his community, his best friends are in the boat. And what calls him to get out the boat? When he that is in front of you, if he that's in front of you, and you have a stronger desire for him, you will gladly leave that which is behind you. If you see Christ, you will leave all. If you see him on the water, if you see him in Korea, if you see him in Emmaus, no matter who your community was in the past, no matter what you did in your job in the past, no matter what security you had in the past, if you see him, it's worth it. Come on, somebody. I can't hear you guys. You know how hard it was for me after I met Christ? My heart changed, but not my mind, body. Freak, man. (laughs) Pornography was still lurking at me. You know, I I remember. I remember so clearly. I was reading the Bible. I read... He just came, you know. So my life transformed. I was reading the book of James. I think it's 119. It says, if you you consider yourself religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on your tongue, you deceive yourself and your religion is worthless. And I read that and it like stood out. I said, does that mean I'm not supposed to cuss? I think that's what that means. And I remember, I remember. It sounds stupid, but I said to God, but Lord, if I stop cussing, I won't be funny anymore. <laughs> A like, long time ago, it was like, what the beep? Now I'm like, what the freak? <laughs> Before it was like, you know, yeah, you mother. And now it's like, bless you. You know, it's like, it's like, Jesus loves you, right? Like, I remember, I remember saying, I said, God, if I stop cussing, I'm not going to be funny no more. You know, my heart was transformed, but it took some time for my lifestyle. It took some time for my mind and my body and my habits and my past to catch up to what He did in the faith, what He did in the spirit. But the thing is, some of you, you're still in your boat. You're still depending on security. You're still depending on your old identity, your old community, when he's saying, I command you to come to me. It's worse too. Some of you like this. It's kind of cold, y'all. Freaking Florida, can you heat this water for me, Lord? Freaking man, I don't want to oh snap Lord come on Lord I'm waiting for you to change my environment before I give you my life Right? oh I'm waiting to have fun after college Lord I want to give my college to the world and give my life no but Jesus says get out the boat and you're just like oh Lord the worst thing is some of you are like oh snap made a mistake (laughs) put my seatbelt back on. I'm not going to Emmaus again they prophesied over me what the freak was that told everybody what I was going through. <laughs> and But you see, Peter, you know what he does when he walks on water? He falls. Oh, that's biblical, y'all. Yo. You're going to fall. But when it's about him, you fall into grace. But when it's about you, you fall into condemnation. When it's about Him, you fall into forgiveness. When it's about Him, you fall into redemption. When it's about Him, you fall into growing and learning. But when it's about you and you fail, you're like, I messed up. I'm not worthy. I'm like, you were worthy in the first place. And Peter has this devotion. And I don't know what the Lord wants to do, but I was praying. I was talking to Pastor Aaron, and she was saying, What are you feeling, Will? You know, you have a great gift in speaking, but we need a spiritual breakthrough. That was exactly what I was feeling. I said, you know, when someone says, How do you feel? I, I get nervous every time I preach. Not because of my preaching as much as God moving. I don't care if I preach a concern, I'm just being real with you. Like, so what? I want him to say, Get out the way, William. Yeah. And I just like, Dang, Lord, do it. But how? How do we get to that place? Let me tell you how you get there. I don't know if you're going to take this well, but it's simple. You're either all in or all out. The only way you'll get out the boat, you, you write this down. You get out the boat. Freaking profound, yo. The only way you walk on water is walk on water only way you walk with Jesus, you walk with Jesus. Again, in the book of Revelation to the church of Laodicea. Your works are neither cold nor hot. They are lukewarm. I'm going to spit you out my mouth. God wants a person that gives all that he has because God gave all that he was and all that he is. And when you receive that, and let me tell you what happened to me when I got saved. I... I realize the Holy Spirit comes to a prayer that is willing and wanting to really change. He, he's not some, yes, okay, some people are crazy anointed. That's not me. And I see some people, that are like this. Someone comes, bam, I'm just like, yo, how'd you do that? Did you step on his foot? And I don't know what they did. But, you know, no one lay hands on me. No one lay hands on me then I got saved. In the back. I don't even remember what the man preached on. That's how I know it was the Lord. I was sitting back. I closed my eyes, and all of a sudden I started praying things I never prayed. Okay, God, but it was real. Like I, I mean, I wasn't thinking that back then, but in hindsight, I was like, I want to give you my all. I want to lay everything down, God. I just want, I want to, and all of a sudden, that prayer, is struck heaven. It like, I don't know what it did, but it woke some angel up. I don't know what, I don't know. Michael was like, that's my type of prayer. I'm coming through. Get behind me, Lucifer. I, I don't need no 30, 21 day fasting like Daniel. This prayer coming right through. And I was just like, I want it. God, I want it. And I started to ache. And all of a sudden, I didn't know that, but the aching was the Holy Spirit. And I started just, I said, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted. And I started seeing my friends. And at that moment, my community, I said, God, take them. I don't know about you guys. Some people say, oh, my my biggest struggle was pleasing my parents. and That that wasn't my struggle. But that's be a struggle. My fiance, that's her struggle to this day. Some people are like, my struggle was boyfriend. My struggle was this. My struggle was not even drugs. My struggle was my friends. And for me, my friends, to this day. I met with them the day before the retreat. I'm meeting with them when I get back from Pong. I mean, I'm just ministering. I've my best friend, just just last year, he died from overdose and drugs. You know, I, that's another. I broke down crying. Why? Because for the first time, hell became personal. It was a doctrine, a theology before. But I remember I broke down crying on the mission field. I was weeping and weeping. I said, when I go back home, I'm gonna call all my friends again. I just went down the list. Hey man, you gotta know Jesus. You gotta know Jesus, man. I, they're still, but they were my biggest struggle. But I remember when I was sitting there, I said, God, because I wanted him, but you can't get him until you leave here. I wanted that savior, but you can't get on water unless you get out your boat. And I was praying and I was praying and I was praying. And the Holy Spirit came and all of a sudden I said, Lord, 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 And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? I didn't try. I didn't want tongues. I said, Lord, give me prophecy. <laughs> Like, give me healing. So I remember people were like, I'm like, I don't want that one, Lord. Like, I'm like, picking through, like, like you, you give that, you give tongues to him, you give, you give me. Uh, you know the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, the, the power to do miraculous works. I said, give me that one, Lord. I want to be like Elijah. Well, no, God said, shut up, you know. The, the spirit of God gives as he desires. He gives a variety of gifts as he pleases of the upbuilding of the church. You can't pick and choose. But at that moment, I was like, I said, I'm going to sink this boat. You know, you came to this retreat, God's trying to sink your boat. He's trying to give you a new life, he's trying to give you a new beginning, he's trying to give you a new start. But you got something has to trigger. I'm sorry. I'm not preaching no more, I'm sharing. Something within your heart needs to say, God, I want to change. I want to live for you. I want to believe in you. I want to know you. I want to experience you. And the Holy Spirit will come and fall upon those who call upon him. In Acts 2, 120 are gathered. And I love that passage because at 120, 120 get baptized. 10 for 10 ratio. And the Spirit of God falls on them gift of tongue falls on them. In fact, in the Bible the gift of tongues in 1 Corinthians 12 12, there's nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 every spiritual gift is in the Old Testament the gift of healing, the gift of faith the gift of discerning spirits, the gift of prophecy there's only two gifts that was not in the Old that's in the New tongues and interpretation why? because the gift of tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit only comes after the blood of Jesus it can only, the Holy Spirit came upon Samson. The Holy Spirit came upon Saul. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just come because he's bored. He's not like, man, I got nothing to do. I'm, 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 I'm going to go to Fukantan uh, 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 and I'm going to go to Emmaus. I'm going to say, hello. No, he doesn't do that. <laughs> Surprise. No. There's a fragrance that attracts him. There's an aroma that draws him. And it's when people come up. And say, I want Jesus. And here's the temptation. To come up here again. To say, I want, I want, I want this for my, me, me, me. But no, it's come up here to die. It's come up here and say, Lord. I want you. I want to experience you. So many of you, 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 I'm sorry. It doesn't all happen up here. I'm, I'm sorry, it doesn't. It happens together, but you got to do something. And I believe that's what the Lord wants to do tonight. The Lord wants to do that, but you got to want that. Can I have the praise team up here? much look man why are you here why are you here maybe maybe you're like me you came here because someone forced you but let me tell you something that could change right now What's going on inside of us? You know, there's like this. I I feel the. It's weird, man. I feel such a strong anointing, but I feel like it has nowhere to land. It's like um. The Lord is moving, man. Even my preaching is not that good usually. I feel like I'm preaching. I'm preaching pretty good, you no. Know? I'm like, dang, will you good? I'm about to quote myself. I'm gonna tweet myself, you know. I just I know it's the anointing. I'm just flowing. You know, what's a sad thing. I see many people go to the pool and not swim. You could come to church and not worship. You go to the pool and just look at the water and say, man, that looks so fun. Everybody's swimming. Wow. Oh, yeah, you jump in too. I, I want to jump in, but, you know, I'm cool. I don't want to get wet. I don't really want to get out of my comfort zone. Have some of y'all doing that? you're at the pool, you're at the service, you're at the worship, and you just watch everybody else swimming, you just watch everybody else getting anointed, you're watching, 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 but the Lord is saying, I'm drawing you, I'm drawing you, I'm drawing you, but if you're drawn, you gotta give, you gotta say, Lord, I wanna change, I want the Holy Spirit, I wanna live for you, God, and all of a sudden, that prayer, that genuine prayer of the heart, that desire that says, I wanna walk wherever you are, I wanna follow wherever you are, that desire goes up to heaven, and the Lord cannot help, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit just blows and touches that individual that says i want to live for you i want to die for you i don't care about my past but what i want is you and that somehow i don't understand it mathematically i don't understand in any other way in faith is all i know that he comes and he touches he annoys he transforms he changes forever but we got to want jesus